Jason Cask, and this is Joey Gingola, and this is The Grow Show. It's been a while since we've done one of these. Heck, it's almost been a year, but there's a lot of reasons why. First of all, when we used to do this, Google Hangout and Google Plus was something. Uh, it's uh, Google's still Google, and Google Plus is still here, and so is the Hangout, hence why you're watching this. But uh, it's kind of a different platform today. So I got together with Joey, and Joey and I have been doing, if you've been listening to the Grow Podcast Network with the Agents Influence and also Insurance in Your Words, that's Joey's podcast, which is new to the network and is literally getting raving, raving reviews. I've listened to it. I was just telling him. I haven't listened to all of them, but, dude, I've listened to like 80% of them. And it's a different spin. It really is a different spin. And, Joey, you know that. It's a different spin that you're bringing to the podcast and to the listeners, and I think that's awesome. But anyways, that's another place for another time. But in the meantime, this is The Grow Show, and this Grow Show is actually named, Is Your Agency Connecting Its Decisions? And really, that was not the name that I wanted. But uh, Joey said, Jason, let's name it this. And really, I said, Joey, what's your decision? What's your reasoning for this? And he gave me his reasoning, and I was like, Actually, that's really, really good, and that's actually what this needs to be about. So before I go on, though, I want to give a second to Joey. Let him say hi. I know everybody knows Joey. He's really shy. But Joey, uh, you know, say something. I mean, you would think by now you would realize who the more effective copywriter is of the two. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yes. No. Yeah. One of these days. (laughs) But All right, man. Here. Thank you for thank you for letting me share this glorious stage with you. No problem, no problem. So today, whenever we talk about, first of all, let me know. I'm I'm in my home studio. I'm, I was at my office, but if you try to do things like this in your office, you'll drive your staff and all your agents crazy. So I decided to come home. I'm on the on the back porch of uh, of my house here, and uh, so appreciate you guys accepting that as my studio. And Joey's in his normal studio. Um, as, as he always is. But anyways, getting on with it, we're talking about the customer experience. So when we talk about co- is your agency connecting its decisions, th- the reason why this is such a great, and we didn't even mention the word customer experience in it, is because there's a higher level and there's a more practical level of this. And Joey and I are both going to tackle both of those. But well, the question I need to start by asking you is, is our, what is separating you from the guy down the road? What is separating you from the lady in the next town? What is separating you from agencies in your area, in your state? What is separating you? Because I guarantee you right now, you're thinking to yourself, and you're probably even saying to yourself, it's service, Jason. That's how we separate ourselves to get a little service. They need an ID card. We're going to get it for them in less than probably one hour. That's what we're going to do. That kind of stuff. You're probably thinking that. Maybe it is customer service that you really feel as if separates you. But here's my question. If you in your mind right now is saying that customer service is what separates you, when your customer goes next door to the agency right down the road and asks them, what do you think that agency owner is saying? Huh? Customer service. So therefore, that is not a separator in the minds of the client's eyes. And so that's what we're going to talk about today when we discuss connecting those dots. Joey, got a better way to explain what that customer experience is? Uh, I mean, first of all, you had the best joke of saying, you know, that's what we differentiate ourselves with is service. I mean, the sad part is, is that more people think that than realistically should. And I don't know if we have to start throwing people in jail, taking their license away. I don't know what we have to do to stop people from saying that. 
but I'm open to suggestions. If anybody has them, I'm open to it. Uh, I don't have a better I, well. Let's put it this way: I don't have a less wordy way to say it. But I think um, I think there's two ways to to think about this, in my opinion. There's the gimmicky way of separating yourself. That's a personal brand of some type of calling yourself something fancy that is clever. Or there's a practical way of doing business in a way that is just completely different from the guy down the street and delivering value, information, service, everything rolled into one in a way that nobody else in your area can. Boom, boom, boom. And connecting the decisions, you know, seriously. Well, um, it starts with the decisions. You have to be able to make those decisions first and then understand where they're going to lead you to and what they impact moving forward. That's right. What gonna, that's what we're going to get into. So the customer experience is a lot of different things, If you, depending on who you are and, and, and your client, which is the most important, what kind of experience is your client wanting, to, uh, wanting them uh, to be provided for them, excuse me. Um, but here's the way I say it, very simple. From the time that the prospect first hears your name to the time where at the very end of the prospect, uh, process to where they're buying multiple products from you, or sending you referrals, that whole A to Z, the experience they go through in that process is the customer experience. Breaking it down simply for you, that's Jason's way of saying that's what we're doing. And if you want to see it, it's almost also, not all, but a lot of services that you pride yourself on actually connected into one series creating an experience. I would be the best to say it. Um, Joey, is there a better way to explain what that customer experience truly is in your mind? I, I think it's, I think it's literally, it's one of the hardest things to kind of try and explain. But I think everyone has to define what they want that experience to look like, and I think it also comes down to your natural comforts and personality traits. Like you don't want to create something that is artificial and, and, and fabricated and feels kind of forced, right? You don't want to create something that is just, I'm putting it out there because somebody, Jason told me to create this experience and you, know, you got to do something that's natural and, and create it in a way that is reflective of the overall personality of your agency, I think is, is the biggest mistake that people make is we want to make it something that isn't true to how we actually do business. Right. And so you can already see how Joey is such a practical guy. He's already trying to pull this down into a practical into a practical state. And at the end of the day, that's what we want. Okay, that's what we want. But, you know, you're going to hear us talk about this a lot. But this is one of the reasons why if you want to create one of the best um, experiences out there, one that's better than mine, one that's better than Joey's, or one that's better than even the one you have now or the best agent you think out there, you need to find us on September 8th in Chicago. Because at September 8th in Chicago, we are going to be creating a customer experience, not with speakers, not with consultants, not through a trade show or a conference or a convention. We are actually having Grow Laboratory where we're going to be inviting 50 agents and 50 agents only. Um, and it's already halfway full um, at I the time we're of this. Half, actually, we're, we're, we're over half. No, I, think, I think we are. Um, but I wanted to be nice. Um, but, yes, yeah, so, so I think we have um, – it's pretty close to being full. But the point is that's not what this growth show is about. It's just letting you know that there is a way to actually get practical steps to this. Um, Joey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of um, – I just did a podcast, Joey. And I want to – and I want I don't even know, Joey, if you've really even really heard this because I've been talking about it a lot. I talk about it in the mastermind a lot is keep your business small. And this is what I want to kind of say to you guys. And I'm going to sum this up quickly, actually, because you can listen to the podcast – where I go on about it for 20, 25 minutes. But I want us to realize that 
Why do I want a customer experience? couple reasons. There's just not one. But I want to challenge you into the fact of saying that there's only from a high level a couple cultures and a couple of philosophies that we live by. We're either a sales culture or we're a service culture. And by this here gross show, I'd actually like to throw in that there's actually a third, which is what we're talking about, the customer experience culture. Having a culture in your agency that your employees from the, from the high-level leadership down to the very low person giving out the mail understand that that customer needs to go through experience when they're doing business with you. A lot of you guys would say, I'm a sales-driven culture, Jason. That's who we are. We're sales-driven culture. You know what I'm going to tell you? If you're a sales-driven culture, that's awesome. But I'm going to tell you if you're a customer experience-driven culture, you're more profitable and you're more efficient. And even if you're a service culture, I'm going to almost say that if you're a sales-driven culture, I'm just going to say that it's the worst. Why? Because every day that you are a sales-driven culture, your number one motivation is to go find new business. Your number one motivation is to go find that next client, that next dollar, whatever that could be, how you see it in your office. And at the same time that that's happening, you're chasing people that you only have a 30 to 50% chance of writing, 30, 50% closing ratio. And on the back side, the business that you have that's been here that supported you and got you where you are today is actually dwindling. And you're going from a 22 or from a 92 to a 90 to an 86%, whatever it could possibly be, retention. Okay, that's what's happening in a sales driven culture. Now, there's a lot of you can say, oh, no, 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 Jason, we do the sales and we do this, but you're not doing them the best because there, it's been said over and over. You can't have. You can't, you can't love two things. You're going to love one more than you like the other. And really, you think you're going to be pretty close, but really, you're going to be doing one really good and the other one probably really bad. You know? Hence, a lot of different things that fall into that category. So, But let's say this. What if you're a customer experience culture? Well, the opposite happens. What you do is, is you understand that new business and growth is important for our agency. It is the lifeblood. It's very vital. So I'm not saying that that's not important. But I'm saying your philosophy to how you get that should be different. What we do need to do is create the best possible customer experience we can. And when we focus online, is keeping your business small means I just focus on the people who got me where I am. And what happens is, is my retention will start to go up. So let's say it was at 90. And let's say it goes up to 91, 92%. Some people don't realize that that means hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on the size of your book. Literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. When I start focusing on them, they then start to get happy and excited that they're going through this experience because when I focus on them, I mean creating an experience that they like. What happens is my retention goes up and then they start going and telling everybody. Keep in mind, if you create a customer experience and you create a wonderful experience for your customers, no one outside your agency knows about that experience unless you're experiencing it, hence why it's called an experience. So what you do is you take care of your customers, you drive your retention up, they then love the experience, start going telling everybody else, and now you start getting referrals. And referrals are closed on average between 70 to 90% of the time. So sales-driven culture, we ignore who we have here, or we do what we think we're doing great, we chase people that are getting a, giving us a 50% chance of writing, and we're lowering our retention back at home. Or we can be a customer experience-driven culture to where we do nothing but focus on the people we have, try to keep our business small, create a great experience for them, 
they tell everybody our retention goes up and now the people I'm getting coming in my door are coming to me. I'm not going to them. They're coming to me and I have a 70 to 90% closing ratio. I've just destructed the actual sales driven culture for you. And there's a lot of you out there right now saying this is wrong. Jason has no idea what he's talking about. And I encourage you to hit me if you're watching live. Hit us right now. If you're not, find me at jason at growprogram.com. In the meantime, Joey, I'm going to turn this over to you, and I want you to digest what I said. Um, tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me where I'm right and elaborate and expand off of it. Well, um, I mean, so let's put it this way. I think sales-driven culture is, is a term that should not be used to define an agency as a whole. Your producers should have a sales-driven culture, 100%. But that doesn't mean everybody else in the agency needs to have that same mentality. It's just who touches the client at which point, right? And and this is we you know we were in the mastermind this morning, and I jumped in late, and I really didn't get to dive in. I missed the whole first half of the conversation. But we were talking about the idea of producers, and you know, what does that actually mean today, right? Like, what does the word producer mean? And from what I can gather, back in my dad's day, and even my grandfather's day, producer meant. You go find the business, you go sell the business, and you go service the business, right? Mostly. Maybe the service was negotiable. Now, today, does it mean that? Does that does it mean the same thing today? Should it mean the same thing is maybe more of the important question. And I would argue that the producer should be the person in charge of selling the business. A person that that sells isn't always gonna maybe be the best marketer. And that's where we discount the individual skills and the specific skills that we need to recruit. Again, being very methodical with the decisions that we make and the assignments we give to them as to what they should be doing, I think is, is where we go wrong. And we try and say, listen, we've got a producer because we want him to go bring in the business, then sell the business and then maybe service it. Or maybe we've got some CSRs to handle that. And as opposed to saying, well, we're going to have somebody, we've got somebody who's really good at bringing people in at creating awareness and bringing the business in. We've got other people that are really good at just selling the business. They want to sit here at their desk and, and you line them up, they'll knock them down, right? And then we've got people that love to just please people and make them happy. And I think that is how we need to start segmenting what we do to be... I like that. To even, be, to even come close to meeting the expectations of what other, not just agencies, but other industries are setting for us, right? Because that's, I mean, ultimately that's what we're up against. It's not just what is, is insurance agents doing. It's what experiences am I getting elsewhere? And and why am I settling for this behind the times, you know, outdated experience when, you know, I'm getting this everywhere else in other industries and why can't we catch up to that? Right, right. And you know, sometimes Joey, who our biggest um who our biggest obstacle to that is is the direct writers and the captives, but not so much. It what's 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 a problem is and I've seen this lately a lot. And I, I talked about this in Texas, and I had an agent actually come talk to me about this, is what's happening is, is when the consumer leaves the independent agent circle and goes to a GEICO or goes to an insurance and gets an experience they like. Now, you're watching, well, what kind of experience are they possibly getting that they like, you know? Well, what I mean by experience is it's not so much like, it's just not the feeling and feel good, guys. It's, it's do you have a mobile app? If I have an issue and I need to find out my insurance, can can I get it more in a in a more um, in a more um, timely fashion? Are you giving me the values that I need? So I, might, I, might fight, I might fight you on the mobile app a little bit. I don't know how. I, I've I've never been a big believer in the mobile app, but that's just me personally. Um, but I think you're right. It's 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 you know again. I'll give you an example. I write like 
five auto and home policies, like, like period. Like I just have like a handful of clients. It's like friends and, and stuff that I didn't want to write in the first place that it's just like, Hey, Joey does insurance, but yeah, he's got an auto and home license. So let's have him do it. I'm like, this is terrible. I shouldn't do this. And I do it every time because I'm an idiot. And, and it happened to be my, one of my wife's friends and, Oh, Hey, we got a new car. Can you get me a quote on that? What's that going to cost? And Oh, here's some new ID cards. And this was like, yeah, it's like, you know, half hour of my day, but it's just, I don't do that stuff. Like, like, and, and I mean, it was easy. Right. Cause I, so let's put it this way. You know, I texted back and forth. I think it was a pretty exceptional experience for that person just because they have a personal relationship with me, but right. are you able to create that? Right? Like what, what is that? What does that look like? What are the, what, how, how can somebody easily interact with you? Do you have the resources available to say, here's where you that's can what, but, that but, 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 but that's what I'm talking. That's what I'm talking about though, Joey. So when I say mobile app, I say mobile app, meaning, can they easily access their ID cards? Can they make their payment? On our mobile app, you can make your payment right on the thing. What I'm saying is, is just what you just said. Like if I said, like, does your agency text? You'd be like, you may say, well, wait a minute. I don't know if that's part. No, the, the, the fact is they communicate with you that way. And that's that's what I mean by the mobile app. Okay, so that that's kind of what I mean. It's friction, right? It's, 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 it's where do things get... I think- where do things get warm and hot and, and can you reduce that if it needs to be right? Like, like where, right. where can you not make, where can you remove the I friction? Like that. Where can you remove the friction? So really that's a various, uh, a very essential part of the customer experience is removing the friction. That's really what it is. And, and enhancing different things. You know, I was talking and Joe, you may have heard me talk about this one time, but I was walking by like a sports clips and when I was walking by the sports clips, I they, they wanted like thirty five or forty dollars for their haircuts. And I thought to myself, they had the little I, I was it was downtown like St. Louis or something, and they had like the little uh, stand out there where it said thirty five dollars special for haircuts. Something and special by it, but that's expensive. Maybe in your part of the country, guys, that's big, but that's all really expensive around here. And so I was thinking, what the heck? But as I looked inside the window. I could see that they had these guys in there and they were all women that were cutting. And ironically enough, it was all men that were in the chairs and they had these hot towels like over the back of their neck and their, and their feet were like sitting in these warmers that would warm it. And the lady was actually, cause this one guy had just gotten his hair cut. She was actually massaging his shoulders. They do like this incredible um, 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 head rub and massage whenever they wash your hair and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, okay, if I get that, $35 is not too bad. You know what I mean? But when you think about haircuts, but they're, in my opinion, creating an experience behind the, behind the mirror, Joey, of, 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 the, of the guy getting his haircut. Behind the mirror was a TV that had all sports stations on it. First, first time out. Let, let's, let's break this down a little bit more because I think you've hit on something. First, I would say I would like to say that I've heard everything you've said, but I think you talk too much for that to actually be possible. So there, there will always be something new. And second, back to the title of this show, are you connecting your decisions, right? So they started with a very – what was their first decision? We're going to call it sports clips not something that is going to attract females. It's we're going to call it sports clips. So they've already made a decision that they're alienating half of the population and they're okay with that. Then they said, all right, well, if we're going to call it sports clips and we want dudes to come in, what do dudes want? And then from there, every decision is made based on that experience of how do you make a haircut cool for a dude? Hot towels apparently is it. I don't know. I've never been a hot towel guy, but if that's it, if like there are a bunch of dudes that want hot towels, hot towels are it. We want to watch sports while we're getting our hair cut. Sure, not a problem. 
So these are all decisions that are, again, they, they, they will make themselves scream to you of what to do next. If you just make the right first decision and have the confidence to be specific with it. And that's, right. that's the, that's the whole idea, the concept of connecting your decisions. Okay. And so as an agent and as an agency looking to do this, then what are probably a couple of the first decisions like sports clips decided to make, um, you know, Hey, we're going to name it sports clips because you know, this is the type of people we're going after. And these are the decisions we're going to make. I mean, what, where should be, where should be, where should an agency start, Joey? I mean, so I think it first starts, and this is where you might find me getting depressed and sitting alone in a bathtub some nights about the insurance industry is it all starts with commission right? I got a glass of wine. I'm just sitting there listening to some Kenny G just crying my eyes out, right? And that is, I think it starts with commission because it's so difficult because our our profit margin is our time, right? And that is not something that is easily duplicatable. You can't just say, I'm pretty much going to only spend this much time on this type of insurance. That should be your goal, I would argue. But I think it starts with the commission and the goal that you need or want to make, right? Like, okay, I want to make $60,000 a year. Okay. Well, what can you sell that is going to make you $120,000 because half of it's going to the agency and how long is it going to take you to get those people? What's the number of people that you would need to sell to, to make that number, right? Like that's the first decision and work it backwards. Reverse engineering. Right. That's the first decision that I would make. Okay. So in the, in the grow Academy that you teach, that would almost be like, what are you hauling? Well, that's, and that's, I mean, that's exactly what we lay out. Maybe not as in depth as we could, but it's, it all centers around with, you've got to find something that's profitable to sell. Otherwise you're going to, you know, you're going to, again, the title of the podcast that I put up is, are you marketing your agency into a corner, right? Are you going to create awareness and, and demand for something that you ultimately can't make money on because it, you're, you're spending too much time getting it underwritten or sold or in place and forced binded, whatever you want to say, then they're paying you in commissions. Right. Uh, and, and those are the things you're going to look at. So for me, everyone knows I do health insurance, right? So um, I'm just speaking from my own experience. I have three months to sell policies at $20 a pop per person per month. That's my commission, right? So do the math. Um, my limitation is, the month. I have three months to really just sell like nuts. And then after that, it's time. Time Time is my issue. As far as if I had the whole year, then I wouldn't be, those aren't bad numbers, right? I could make that work a little bit easier, but given where consumers knowledge is and comfort of doing things in some capacity on their own. And what I ultimately, as much as I try, it's literally the number one thing I focus on is how can I educate them and get them prepared as much as possible to shorten that, to increase the margin on that during that time span. In at least in the last three years, it's still not quite to where I would like it. Am I probably the you know one? Am I probably better off than most agents selling health insurance? I would have to imagine, but um, you know those are the decisions that you want to make, and you don't want to make yourself ultimately successful in something that is not successful. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. You know, Joey, one of the benefits that I've always seen is you as a friend and as a partner here at Grow is that. Actually, not being involved heavily in the PNC side of your agency and doing what you do for your agency, it gives you a different perspective. Even though you're in the industry, you're kind of like not, not in the yeah. yeah. And I, no, that you can say it. I'll take it. I'll take no, it. no, no. It's actually a very. I'm serious. I mean, you know, I joke around a lot, but I'm serious. I think it's it's very powerful 
um, for you to be able to bring that to agents because I do, I have a huge advantage over consultants and speakers and that's as that I am an agent and I'm in an agency and I own it and I run it. You are all those things except it's not PNC and you're not hands in it because you're perfecting your health insurance. And Joey, I also have to say on behalf of all the agents out there, $20 a month per person Right. Dude, you got to sell a lot. Of- you, know, you ready for this? I'm going to blow your mind. I'm, I'm going to blow your mind, though. You ready for this? I got you. Are you ready for this? And this, I actually, I surprised myself the other day, too, figuring this out. Because I used to think I was the like the schmuck on the, on the, the biggest schmuck on the street, right? Just selling health insurance and being taken as a sucker, which I still am. So let's say, let's say you're writing that commercial policy, right? Like everyone wants to tout the commercial insurance. Let's say you're doing a $5,000 premium, right? Is that a, is that uh-huh. a, what would you consider that as far 5, as let's just start there? It's easy. 5,000. So if you're getting what, 15%, 13%, 15, is that, is that about accurate? Yeah. It's 15, 15%. Yep. So that's $750 for the year. How long does it take you to write that, that policy? Well, okay, this is not a good example because it was a $5,000 commission. Our, our premium, I probably quoted online. It wouldn't take me as long. But let's just, that you still are going to be right here. Um, by the time we quote it up and agents are going to think that we're crazy, but we've looked at the numbers, it's going to take you, you're going to have at the end of the day an hour and a half to two hours invested in that thing. Okay. Now, now, if you take the premium to 15, 20, 25, 30,000, you're going to have like five to possibly 10 hours invested in it. And that's my time and the assistance time added together just to write it. I'm not talking about service. Right. I'm right. talking about right. just to get it written. So, so that's fine. Um, so two hours. So now I can take – now this is, where, this is where the marketing comes in. But let's just say I hit my ideal client, which is let's say a family of four plus, meaning okay. – so if I do a single individual, that's $20 a month per person for the same amount of time as if I were to do a family of four where I get paid 20 times four. So see what I'm saying? Right. So $20 times four a month, that's $80 a month times 12. That's $960 a year for that family of four. So I've already bested your $5,000 premium commercial policy. And if I hit the if I hit the right, no, person, it's better than that. It's more money than that. Didn't you say twenty dollars per person, but eighty dollars for a family of four? No, no, twenty times four is eighty dollars a month. Right, I would make from that family of four. Oh, okay, yes, we're on the same. Yes, 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 nine hundred. Okay, so, okay, so, so nine hundred sixty dollars. So minus mm-hmm. seven fifty. So I'm I'm two hundred ten dollars better than you on that policy. And I can if I hit the right person, they've gone through everything that I've put out there for them. They're pretty much ready to go. I'm done 30, 45 minutes if I get lucky. Hour tops. So oh, that's good. Now, is that you gets that, or is it because you uh, or any health insurance gets that, or is it because you're educating them up to you and, t- and helping with that time? As far that as. Makes sense? Uh, do, do you think that other health insurance agents make that same, can, can sell that same thing in 30 or 45 minutes? It depends if 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 uh, if you're actually doing what's best for them and, and and trying to understand their situation, like what doctors do they need to see, where do they need to go. Uh, I would say they would have a hard time uh, getting everything through that. Like if I'm starting from scratch, it's a guaranteed hour conversation. And if I'm just got nothing else to do and it's just somebody during non non enrollment times, I'll I'll shoot the breeze with them for an hour, getting everything squared away because it's just health insurance is a lot more emotional. And so people tend to freak out a little bit more, like when you try and tell them that this can't happen if something really bad's going on. So that's the other big problem. So there's, there's either two ways that you could either do it. You can try and provide that information up front, or you can just slam them through and say, listen, I do this all the time. 
this is your best bet and you're going with this. And I think that's, I think sadly that's a lot of what's going on today. It's just there are people are slamming people through, through plans. And, and to be honest, it's not the worst thing because there's not a whole lot of options, at least in Ohio. I don't know what it's like in other States, but right. those are your choices. Do, you know, kind of skimp on your duty as a, you know, advisor, fiduciary responsibility, if you will, or, mm-hmm. you know, pr- provide that information up front. Okay, interesting. So it's that, but that is, so, you know, it's funny, we talk about the experience for the customer, and you're making it um, a better experience for you, the, your experience you're creating, because it's lowering your, the amount of time you're spending, which is increasing your profitability, but you're also creating a great experience for them, because if they went to another agent, it may take two, three, four hours, as opposed to it's shorter than you, and it may be the same amount of time, but the stuff that you're pre- um, giving them that you're marketing to them to answer their questions is cutting down the time on actually the time they have to spend with you. But my point is they're getting get to get their questions asked with answered when they want to. Right. And so I think, that, and I think yeah. that's part of one of the experiences right, that we all need to create. Yeah. Well, so the, the experience is at 10 o'clock at night, they can be at home looking for answers. They can find me. And by the time they talk to me, they could have spent literally an hour, hour and a half, two hours watching any number of the videos that I have out there. And then by the time they talk to me, they're so excited to talk to me that it's, it's, again, it's, it's weird, right? Like you've had people probably call right. you, you know, like mm-hmm. whether it's through grow or whether it's just for your right, agency, right. like the stuff you put out, it's, it's a very weird thing that I can't fully explain until it actually happens. Right. It is. Yes. And people think you're lying through your teeth. And, and, and again, I, I tell you, I, I've always said it from the very first presentation I've ever given, it flips the sales cycle on its head. Instead of you saying, do you have a minute of your, can I have a minute of your time? They say, can I have a minute of your time? And that's what right. it's, that's essentially what it's all about. Now, granted, again, this, it sounds like I'm a selfish bastard. Sorry for the language, but um, it, I don't know how to create that experience any other way. That's just what's, again, back to being natural. This is what's natural for me as far as I grew up, uh, you know, doing radio in college, grew up playing music. I grew up trying to create things to provide to people. So this is very natural to my personality. So that, that comes back to you're going to have to do a little work and translate it yourself of what fits naturally with you and how can you create that experience to where somebody is excited to talk to you before they even call. And otherwise they're just dialing through the phone book, right? Like I can tell, I can tell when somebody has called me from the yellow pages, even before I pick up the phone. Why can I tell that? Because my grandma will buzz me. Yes, my grandma still answers the phone. She'll say, hey, Joe, I've got somebody on the phone here. They're looking for some quotes for some health insurance. They will specifically say quotes. They will specifically say for health insurance. If it's somebody that has come through my online marketing, through videos and stuff, they'll say, hey, Joe, i got somebody that wants to talk to you. They've been watching your stuff online, and they just got a couple questions. They would really like to get your opinion on things. I'd be like, great, fantastic. I already know, Okay. And, and that's the thing is like, you know, do you want to be that person like where they've already called two, three, four guys before you, they'll call two, three more guys after you, or do you want to be the person that they're only calling you? They only want to Joey and Joey, do you ever get it to where, and I'm being serious here. Do you ever get it to where, when they talk to you, like, it's kind of like, you kind of feel like you're kind of like a, like maybe a, like a movie star or something. And they're finally, that's heavy words, Jason. That's heavy words. But, But you know what I'm talking about? It's a very it's a very off-brand version of that. If I, I've never been a movie star, but I can imagine it's a very off-brand, like kind of Aldi's version of that. I don't know if you have Aldi's. Uh, no, no, they do because, see, here's the thing. I don't sell insurance directly through that, but people do that at Grow. Like, 
they'll they'll reach out to me and say, hey, can we set up a time? We set up a time a week or two later. When they get on the phone, they're like, my God, I'm just like honored to talk to you and stuff. And I'm thinking, man, if my wife heard this right now, she'd be like, honored? You know who this guy is? You know what I'm talking about? But I mean, it's like, I'm sitting in an agency and I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing and we're sharing information to help people. What my point is, is a couple things. First of all, people are very appreciative of help because not a lot of people do it. But the second of all thing is I think you get that from your video. I mean, we are, we are just like branded through the video age that if you see somebody on video and you see them over and over and then you see them in real life, like your brain acts weird. You know what I mean? Like it makes yeah. your brain go like, whoa, hey, it's, it's kind of like it's a barrier. We've always pre- perceived it as a barrier to access, right? Never thought of it that way. Yes, yes. Like it's if you always- saw somebody on your TV growing up, like you thought like I would never talk to them. I would never see that person. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, hey, well, let's wrap this up, Joey. I mean, uh, there's a couple of the things we could talk about this forever. But at the end of the day, um, this is just something that agents need to put together. And I think it's very, very hard for me to put together. People come up to me, Joey, all the time and they say, man, you wrote that book. Oh, my God, I can't imagine getting all that stuff in my agency. I tell everybody all the time, I'm doing about half that stuff, maybe 40% of it, maybe 60, but I'm doing about half those things. Uh, Where I got those things from my book is, is I know what I need to be doing. I have a game plan for what I want to be doing. But also, I see a lot of other agencies and what they're doing that helped incorporate and create that experience for my own self that I then put in the book. So one of the things you can do is, yeah, you can buy the book. I make like a dollar eighty off every book sold. So I don't want you to buy it to make me rich. I want to buy it, give you a game plan. But I'm also inviting you on September 8th for you to come to Chicago for real. Now here's the deal: you got to be a free grow member. Are you? Excuse me. You got to be a grow member, and you can become a grow member for free if you're watching this. You're saying, "Well, I'm not a grow member." Well, you're probably watching it on our YouTube channel, or you're maybe even watching it right off our website. You can just go to the homepage. You can go to growprogram.com forward slash free, growprogram.com forward slash free. And when you do that, um, it's going to take you to a page where you can sign up for absolutely free. You're going to get a bunch of videos. You're going to get a bunch of stuff out there. Um, Even our mastermind videos, you'll actually get the recorded versions. Can't become that unless you actually pay. But you can get a free membership. As long as you're a free member, you can attend um, September 8th in Chicago when we're doing Grow Laboratory. If you say to yourself, I'm not going to sign up for Grow, but I yet still want to come, and it's going to kind of be hard because the only people that can come that are not Grow members is if they're personally invited by me um, and or Joey. And so that's that's kind of a limited amount of people because we got a lot of Grow members that are already happy about this. But find us in September 8th. You can also go to growprogram.com forward slash grow dash laboratory, growprogram.com forward slash grow dash laboratory and that's where you can find out a little more information the timeline we got a little video on there that tells you any about more about it but joey before we wrap this up uh well you got anything that you'd like to say um i would leave it with asking everybody a question and this is what i wrote in the in the actual uh description of that podcast i was talking about it's it's do you think any good business would keep selling a product if they always lost money on it Say it again. Do you think any good business would keep selling a product if they always lost money on it? No. But that's the question you want to ask them and leave it with them. Right. And that, well, I mean, that's just a question that we have to ask ourselves, right? Like, so I think we're doing that unknowingly every day. And the fact that we don't know it is the worst part, right? So it's, I think we need to get a better idea of 
of, I like that. You're right. of, of, of what we do know and what we don't know. Now, the only now before everybody, I can hear some some of the people screaming at me. But you said like you only need to be an inch wide and a mile deep, and you got to get them in the door. That's fine. I agree, a hundred percent. But that means again, connecting your decisions, you have to know that, and you have to be really good at going from the unprofitable policy to the prof- profitable policy. And if that's not a focus, it's just not going to magically happen. Yep. Okay. I agree. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm having an owner's meeting in the morning with Travis and I, and I can't wait to kind of discuss things. I've been making some notes that you've opened my eyes to as well. I think a lot of what you said is wrong, but uh, I think there's a lot. <laughs> you can't. Now, that's a little backhanded there. You can't just tell me I'm wrong and leave. That's, that's like no, a hit no, run. No. That's a hit no, and run. I'm totally joking. No, the stuff that I wrote down is very, very valuable. And I think you're absolutely right about every bit of it. And so I'm just sitting here looking at it thinking, man, um, I'm going to have to have a longer meeting than I thought that I was having. Um, yes, once again, customer experience is where it's at. It's what you owe your agency. It's what you owe your staff. And most importantly, it's what you owe your family. And you say to yourself, what, what does my family have anything to do with this? It's the whole reason you work. It's the whole reason why you want more time. And when you're listening to Joey and what he says, when time is your number one factor, that is what is eating it up. That's what you're, that's what, as Joey said, that's what your profit margin is. And I love that, Joey. I'm going to steal that. And that is what your profit margin is. And if you're trying to increase that time, you need to know what you're going after. You need to know your decisions. You need to know how to connect them. You need to provide value for the, for the clients today. Value today is not the fact that you have 15 companies and can get them the lowest rate. Value, <laughs> value, today, is not, value today is not the fact that um, you're going to hold their, their hand at claim service. Okay, Because let me tell you why that's not a value. First of all, it's not a value to them. And second of all, it's a lie. Yeah. Why do you say that's a lie, Jason? Because we, because we make it lies, though, jo- Joey. Uh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. But I think no. I agree that we do. I think I think we do. But I think I, I think it's a promise that we could have never lived up to in any generation. Like, oh, I agree. Yeah, no, 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 no. I can agree with that. And and and, and well, and I'm going to tell you what. With some of the work that they have out there in the backroom work, like a marble box or anything, it it could possibly be done. But the, here's the point. This is this is what I'm saying. Is that agents brag about that, and they say, "Hey, we have all these companies." And we'll get you the lowest rate. But when that person becomes a client of yours and their rate goes up next year or two years later for a hundred or two hundred dollars a year, you sit there and say to yourself, Oh, that must not be a good client. That's what you sold them on. That's what you told them whenever you were hired, whenever you they were becoming your client. And we also always say, yeah, one of the values of being with an independent insurance agent or having an insurance agent rather than calling some guy on the phone is at claim time, we'll be there to hold your hand. But I'm going to ask you to be honest with yourself for a minute. What does your team usually do whenever they call and say they have a claim? You probably say, well, here's the 800 number, call it. Now, you're always sitting there saying, well, yeah, but if the company ever does something wrong, that's where I'm there. Guys, I've been doing this 16 years, and I've maybe had once or twice where the company didn't do something right, and I had to get involved. So if that's what you're basing and separating yourself on, you're separating yourself on the fact that you think you're going to win the lottery and the guy down the road's not. It's it's never going to happen. One of these days it could, but the odds are tremendous that it's going to. Create an experience. Improve your profit margin, which is your time. Give your, give your clients something to talk about so they go tell everybody about you and you get referrals which have higher closing ratios. 
There's a lot of different things to this, and this is just the beginning of what we're talking about. But if you want the blueprint to how this is going to happen, it's not going to be taught from you. It's not going to be taught by just Joey or just the agent down the road, or you're not going to make this up yourself. What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to find the agent that is good at that one specific part. You're going to have to find multiple of those agencies, and you're going to have to say, how are you doing this? That's, that's a lot of work. Join us on September 8th in Chicago, and we'll all be in the same room. Not only will you hear it directly out of their mouth of how they're doing it, and maybe there's things you can share for us, but you'll also be able to know who to talk to when you go back to the office and you run into those obstacles. You're going to know exactly who to talk to. You're going to have met with them. You're going to have a dinner with them, eat hors d'oeuvres with them. They're going to know who you are. So this has been Jason Cass um, of The Grow Show. This has been Joey Gingola of The Grow Show. And we are just very, very honored that you give us any time that you give us just to hear what we have to say because we're not always right about things. And we encourage you to reach out to Jason at growprogram.com or Joey, J-O-E-Y at growprogram. Um, reach out to one of us and tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're right. Tell us where we're expanding. Where did we fall short? Where did we stop? Where did we not expand enough? That's the kind of stuff that we want to know because it's not about Joey and I. It's about Joey and I starting the conversation. It's about you joining the conversation and sharing it with other people and telling us where we're wrong or right so we can remold it to shape the industry the way it needs to be because we've got places to go, and that's out of the archaic industry we're in now. I appreciate your time, everybody. This has been Jason Cass and Joey Gingola with The Grow Show. Thanks.